welcome for the Together for Equality podcast. Here we provide some insights and share some ideas for a more equal society to better professionals and build greater organizations. So grab a coffee or some water and get ready to sit with us and listen. So, um, my name is Verina Freire and I'm here today with two guests. Do you want to present yourselves, please? Hi everyone, I'm Renil Costa. And I'm Leijuela. And we're going to start with answering the question that was left for us last episode, which is who or what are you grateful for and why? I can start. Um, I've been thinking about this for the past few days. I think I'm the most grateful for the situation I was born in and the parents I got because I'm from India and over there you have, I don't know, 99% chance of maybe being born into a situation where you don't have nearly as many chances as I have gotten to experience. So I'm from India, I did high school till India and then I came to Portugal for university. There are so many situations where I might not have been able to do that or explore the avenues that I ended up exploring and I'm just grateful that I was born into the situation. It's a very nice answer. What about you? Well, for me, um, I am very grateful for the fact that I can dance because dance is such a huge thing in my life and not only just dance but also like have connections and places where I can dance. Uh, it just makes me very happy. So. That's also very cute. Yeah, and Neil has a very cool Instagram where she posts, <laughs> posts yes. lots of cool dance stuff and she recently posted a behind the scenes compilation which yeah. was really <laughs> funny. It was really nice to see as well. It was a refreshing look. Cause, Thank you. Yeah, it's nice to see sometimes the reality versus yeah. what we see on Insta. Um, for me, what I'm grateful for, I'm grateful also for the opportunities I got. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was born in Portugal so academically this has been a very natural progression for me to study here as well um, but just getting to know the people I have and being able to have such a multicultural like circle so true. I'm, I'm very grateful for that because I think it opens a lot of horizons for me and just in terms of my thoughts and yeah so let's move on to our first question which is it's a very basic question because this episode is going to be about whether or not arts and business should mix And so my first question for you guys would be, what is your relationship with art? Do you want to start with it? Yes, I can start. So, um, honestly, since I was born, I'm very connected to art, more specifically dance. And lately I've been exploring other forms of art because I think that it is so, so connected to my emotions, like everything... Uh, that I feel I can express in art and just the fact that I'm such an emotional person it makes it very important for me that I have art in my life mm-hmm. like as a channel to show yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well directly like my dad is a really good artist he sketches like insane uh, should I launch into a story about my dad real quick or <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to, yeah. Okay, fine. He wanted to apply to one of India's premier like art institutes called NIFT, National Institute for Fashion Technology. And he just basically shut himself off in his basement for like a year and just sketched for the entire day for a year. And by the time he came out, he made a portfolio and presented it. And it was like, I think, the showcased portfolio in NIFT. So my dad's a great artist. I cannot draw for anything in me. 
sometimes I can sketch, I guess, but I like to express my creativity more in video editing. I like to post uh, reels, which sounds horrible, but I think <laughs> it's more of the editing uh, emphasis on the editing. Back in school, me and my best friends, we would we were all filmmakers, so we would make videos for school events and stuff like that. So I think video editing. Do I have anything else? Music. Music. So true. <laughs> My my name in Hindi means rhythm and it was actually changed when I was uh, younger and ever since then, I don't know if it's because my name was changed or because of some other reason, but my dad instantly enrolled me in piano classes and I played drums before that, so I did drums for like five years, piano for eight years, then I started listening to 21 Pilots, so I picked up ukulele for f- like four years or three years or <laughs> the something. there is. Yeah. <laughs> Not linear, but okay. It's very linear, trust me. And yeah, that's that's me and art. Yeah. Yeah, this is also why I invited you guys because I feel like, well, maybe I should say also my relation to art. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm more of like a visual arts person, so I really enjoy sketching, I really enjoy drawing and painting with watercolor especially. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I think it's a really, it's an interesting medium because it's definitely the one you can control the least. I mean, like it has everything to do with the amount of water and the paper and the brushes. And so like, you just let the water flow and it does its thing and you can control it like and ma- manipulate it a bit but not really that much and i feel like just letting go of that control in art is very therapeutic for me but yeah so this is why i invited you guys because i feel like between the three of us we have a very extended portfolio of what it means to be related to art in different aspects so we have dance we have video editing we have music and uh, we have like visual traditional arts and so yeah thank you very much and so i'll talk a little bit now about the importance of art because well really we went from studying and worshiping art in ancient ancient greece to (laughs) mocking the art class in high school so let's be honest like art class is often seen as the least serious class you know the class where you can just goof around with your friends and not worry too much about the outcome yeah so it is definitely seen as less important than for example like maths right yeah Yeah. but in reality i feel like arts can be just as important than maths and for example in psychology there's a notion that the brain is kind of divided in two parts the left and the right side and then for example a person who is left-brained is often said to be more logical analytical and objective and a person who is right-brained is said to be more intuitive thoughtful and subjective so like the left brain is for maths the right brain would be for arts Mm -hmm. and of course while one side might be more active than the other you obviously need to and like use both sides and you need to appreciate the skills that you can learn from both sides and so i mean this question might be a bit redundant but what side do you think is more active for you i would say that for me it's definitely the right side (laughs) because like in just giving some examples um whenever i'm in a situation like for example if i find like a song that i like and i automatically think oh this would be good for choreography if i see someone doing like a movement that i found funny i would like automatically think oh this would be good for choreography (laughs) or um or or even poems because I like poetry as well like uh, any any kind of connects to what I said earlier like any emotion that I have anything that I feel like if I'm in school and I feel bored I automatically think like this could be something good for a poem or let me see where this emotion w- will lead me to um, 
so yeah but honestly like it's not something that you you're just born with of course creativity is something that you always have to practice yeah. or else you lose it yeah so true i mean that kind of isn't my answer i feel like when i was in more primary school i was right brain that's a creative that's the creative yes, one right, right? okay i feel like i was more right brain but uh, cbse which is the indian school system from like first grade till 12th grade it really emphasizes on memorization and mm-hmm. just memorization of your textbook pages and so i think because of that over time i think my creativity just got a bit quelched over time and i just focused on more memorizing more academic stuff and that ended up i didn't end up practicing my creativity a lot and so it kind of got quelched i think the reason for that is because we're in a capitalistic society mm-hmm. and so if something doesn't end up producing value then it's essentially a waste of time to pursue that and i think maybe that's why arts class was perceived as a joke and math class was taken so seriously because math can end up making corporations money making you money and so it's worth learning art artists are seen like as a risky career yeah and so it's seen as a unserious thing which you don't have to really pay attention yeah they're entrepreneurs and like they're not exploiting any other workers along with them they're not like making hopefully hopefully, <laughs> hopefully like i'm talking about like solo artists specifically yeah. they're just channeling their thing into their art and they're not like trying to make a margin of profit by paying someone less wages in the process or outsourcing work to a third world country yeah. with weird conditions yeah. you know so i yeah. think it's a pretty pure art form agree especially the emphasis here on corporations because like we think often as art as this you know like you are a starving artist is kind of like the same right mm-hmm. but um like the people who really make it they they earn far more than most corporations do they earn like millions yeah. with one painting yeah. so it's about you know like the average person and then also like the benefit it has to corporations because usually then artists are individual people with like they're they are their own business and mm-hmm. they don't stand for a business behind them you yeah. know but um like answering the question again i think my answer is quite similar to yours because although my educational system and the german system wasn't as like memory based as yours was it was still quite a bit of like critical thinking and just your own opinion it definitely also stifled my creativity and so like for most people again like art class would be a joke but it was honestly to me like the best class of the week and i would always be very excited because it was just a safe space for me kind yeah. of so it's hard to say which part is like more active i always try to be creative because i think it's just the kind of person i am and even nowadays in university like in projects we have or anything like when i when i'm for example assigned to do the powerpoint yeah. i i try to be as creative with it as i can mm-hmm. i think so too yeah, yeah. i agree actually yeah. especially in the presentation part yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i i like to be like creative funny just yeah. um So it's it's hard to say which part is more active because at the end of the day they're all based on my analytical skills mm-hmm. and I mean like the powerpoints and everything it's me thinking what is most visually like comprehensible um yeah. but then incorporating creativity into it it's like a handshake between the Yes it really is it really is um so yeah uh <laughs> I think these were nice answers so we already talked a bit about it uh the, the jobs like the whole like professional world of arts but of course there's like a million and one jobs out there that incorporate art mm-hmm. the most obvious example like we even mentioned is a professional artist yeah. because at the end of the day also like selling your art is a form of business so they are businessmen and women 
Um, but there are more jobs in this category. For example, there is graphic designer, there is marketing manager, there is architects, fashion designers, web developers, video editors, even interior designers. So having now said this little array of possible jobs, how would you see yourself in the professional world in say five years as a more creative person than like mm-hmm. our peers maybe? Well, I'm super interested in user experience design, which is basically making the framework of applications and websites where what things users should see first, what when they click that, where they should go, just for an optimal user flow to get them where they want to go the easiest and to get them where the company wants them to go the easiest as well. Because the company has some goals of like getting the users to see certain things. Users have goals of just having a chill, easy experience where they don't have to hunt for everything. And that incorporates UI design into it, which is user interface design, which is more of the shadows, fonts, colors, that sphere of things. And that's definitely an art part, an art part. That's it. That's <laughs> and other than that, I also then move on to customer experience, which is that, but bigger. And I've noticed that the really only way to appeal to people in 2022 is to actually incorporate genuine art into things along with other stuff. Like if you see a cool banner design on the streets, you'll be drawn to that because that like speaks to you more than just an offering. It's a lot more human in my eyes. So that aspect, customer experience and the aspect of art is kind of where I hope to be in five years. But could it just be that it draws more attention to you because you're more that is definitely no. possible like I, I was in Madrid in July and on all of their like not maybe not all there but in the area I was living where I would walk frequently on the like telef- light lamp posts there would always be like banners hanging with some really cool art and I would be walking to McDonald's I'm ashamed to admit but I would be, or just constantly be taking photos of these banners so I don't, I don't know if it's just me but I mean, it's cool I also noticed them a lot but I always wonder, like, do other people also see them, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, for example, like for the Catholica clubs, a lot of them have a similar aesthetic, a similar yeah. visual. That's that's quite like the standard, stereotypical professional look that yeah. you would associate. So lots of whites and blacks and like simple formal colors. Don't forget blue. Blue, of course, <laughs> the, but not the bright blue, the the navy blue, dark blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I wonder if, for example, the people behind those aesthetics, if they also notice more creative banners or if they are just more absorbed in the informational, analytical world, you know? Yeah, I get you. I mean, I think it's a trade-off. I also work for a club in Catholica called the Networking Club and I'm behind the brand identity of that club and I pitched a couple of versions and it was a consensus deci- decision. I couldn't take it, you know, on myself, of course. and. We had some adventurous options, but we too ended up gravitating towards more of white and navy blue. And I think it's just sometimes you have to consider what the purpose of the club is. So if it's a Catholica club, it needs to look and feel like a Catholica club. And if you deviate from that, you risk a lot of things, including the identity of being a club from Catholica. So it's unfortunate, I feel, because I would have loved to go with something more adventurous that stands out. But sometimes you've got to make compromises. It's so hard to to have an answer for that because like um, I feel like I like so many things and then it's hard to choose. I know for sure the dance is going to be there. I think I'm going to repeat that throughout the... <laughs> yeah, it's my thing. Um, but for example, um, 
I like digital marketing as well, more focused on like social media, content creation. I think it's another way to use creativity because like just as Lei mentioned, I like um, video editing as well, um, trying to like draw attention of people and see how they react to it. I think it's interesting and to study how, how people uh, how do I explain this? Like how, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to to understand how people react to different type of content. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is something interesting because yeah, I just like studying behavior, yeah. uh, uh, consumer behavior. Yeah. Uh, and then like dance wise, I would love to like be known, just to be known as a dancer. Because you know how like there are tons, like a lot of dancers out there trying to do like just what I want to do. So like I just want to, to be known and to be recognized for what I do by other dancers and like my inspirations. I don't know if, if five years are enough, but at <laughs> least maybe at least yeah. in I mean, Portugal, I, Lisbon. Yeah. Uh, I love to teach. I want to keep teaching and yeah, just spread like uh, do, you, do you want to advertise real quick where, where you teach? Where you yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, right now, currently, I'm teaching in Arti Dance in Adi Velas. Uh, I'm going to start teaching in another dance academy in Adi Velas, LMK Dance Academy. I'm curious, like, as a dancer, what would be a realistic step that would feel like a step up? Like, in my perception, it would be like, I don't know, maybe being in a music video or something, but I don't like what what would that be for you? So some of the things that I would love to do, uh, yeah, being in a music video, uh, but it's not that I haven't been to one, but like mm -hmm. uh, a known one, like a good. Wait, like, you've been in a music video? Yes, but like I, I didn't like it that much. <laughs> the song or the music video or the dance? Uh, the song. The oh, song. <laughs> that's some shit. Yeah. <laughs> so don't go check that out. <laughs> But like, of course, to like singers that I actually like, and another thing, maybe be called to do workshops, because mm. oh. it's something so like they're looking for you. They yeah. want you to teach this to, uh, in your dance academy. So it would be, it would feel like, oh damn, they yeah. recognize my work. Um, so yeah, maybe yeah, workshops, um, dance videos, and battles. I wanna try to get. More in the more to get into fights. Yeah, <laughs> dance fights. Dance fights. <laughs> I think especially like the workshop. I think it's like a really cool parallel between like the artistic professional world mm -hmm. and the the standard business corporate office yeah. like world where to feel recognized, to feel like you've achieved something. Mm -hmm. It's people seeking after your specific yeah. like skill set. That's yeah. really cool. Like yeah. it's you know like also I'm sure that. Uh, analysts or strategists would also like be really interested in in feeling like recognized in that way where yeah. they are sought after like actively sought after so that's yeah. really cool to see yeah. yeah so making now a bit of a bridge towards the professional world um how can we directly or indirectly incorporate art in our day-to-day -day in that office like what are your thoughts about it i <coughs> researched a little bit so i have like yeah. have some points but um, what do you think? I would say just a little more free time. 
in workspaces i feel like even lunch breaks are so minimized just to again it comes back to i feel capitalism and productivity just it has to be constantly producing value but in recent years we're noticing like with companies who give much better benefits and a lot of more paid time off and a lot more benefits like that is like they're noticing that the humans will get burnt out and it's the humans at the core of the process and for humans i feel like art and music is such a critical part of the self fulfillment uh, identity part of the thing right so it's thinking of creating value in a more indirect way instead of yeah. just yeah. the the clear idea that's okay make them work more it's how can we make them work more efficiently how exactly. can how can they actually like yeah, feel like, satisfied maybe not just short term value cuz exactly. you can like work someone out in like 6 months but then they're done they're done after that point they can't take doing that job anymore they would hate to even come back to that environment mm-hmm. but if you just you can still work towards creating high value while honoring the human side of things mm-hmm. you know so i think that's just employees realizing that in the bigger picture maybe a little less profits today will mean a lot more value down the long road and like using those breaks for example for like ways to channel your stress for example through art like exactly. if if you like music you could like take that break that longer break to listen to music or maybe even just bring some something to create like a little ukulele mm. or something and maybe not even just art but i feel like nature is a really crucial uh, component like this in in a break go out sit under a tree that will probably make you feel a lot better than sitting inside a you know brightly lit lunch break room go out and touch some grass yeah touch 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 grass basically that's what i'm saying yeah yeah um i like your ideas like actually um i would say maybe music music in the workspace like if you if you're actually okay with working with music uh whether it is like with lyrics or not just try it out or maybe even in the um, like the the headquarters like mm, with like the speakers, yeah, yeah speakers with like light music maybe yeah. it would make them feel like more light yeah yeah, yeah not just like a dead office working space yeah and also the design maybe the design of the places you I know each company has their own like culture and how they want to Uh, yeah, like for the, like Google has those super open headquarters. Yeah, but like inside those standards that you have for your com your company, maybe try to make it a little bit more like, let's say less. Uh, less than more like. Like yeah. more personalized. Yeah. 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 I understand what you're saying, and I think um I worked I I had like a little internship during my summer break, yeah. and um it wasn't speakers, but it was like I worked on the seventh floor with other people in the mm-hmm. offices. And um <laughs> there was one colleague of mine and she would like when the boss wasn't there <laughs> because the boss didn't like to have just music like he couldn't focus but uh when the boss wasn't there she would play like just very classic songs I don't know like Adele or something mm, yeah. on her computer like not very loud obviously but it was actually a lot of fun like it was just you know like it, it felt more real it felt yeah, like yeah. you were actually with people instead of instead mm. of it just being the workspace which it is but it can involve like a more personal touch like you were yeah, saying yeah, yeah. or even like the breaks um at the place where like I had the internship they also had for example these really cool and cozy egg shaped chairs oh. mouthful um <laughs> I, 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 I really had to say that slow <laughs> um, and 
I, I sat on them a couple times when I had like my long lunch breaks or something, but I feel like, again, if you can incorporate more breaks throughout mm-hmm. and actually make use of that amazing space they had, because it was really nice, uh, I feel like it would be a, like a plus for, for employees. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And it makes the environment like lighter. Exactly. Right? It, it just, it, it releases a lot of that pressure that's associated mm-hmm. with I feel like just having to produce some work and it can actually like just mean that because I feel like also for myself a lot of the times I didn't quite know how to continue or I was so tired or I was just like very stressed that I didn't end up being productive at all and if maybe I had just taken 20 minutes sat on that beautiful chair and then come back I could have had things done a lot quicker so it would have been just as if not more productive and it would have created value for me as a person. Exactly. I think the culture that they develop regarding breaks and stuff also really dictates how you feel. Like even even that associates with your burnout. Because if it's a company that only, again, no breaks, grey rooms, value efficiency to the max, then if you have a day where as a human you're just having an off day, you don't produce as much value, you don't work your best, you probably feel super guilty because that's the one thing that environment emphasizes on. Versus if there's an environment that focuses more on, I don't know, music, art, nature, breaks, being human, then it kind of like, even if you don't do your best that day, it's like, it's okay. It's like, yeah. that's not the only thing I'm worth. Yeah, yeah, not linking your worth to your productivity. Yeah it's, yeah, it's difficult, but important. Agreed, agreed. And even like in universities and in high school and everything, that's the thing that's, I mean, like we're always taught, you know, like you are kind of, you're not your GPA, of course, but your average matters a lot. It has, you know, it's kind of, it shows how much effort you put into studying, for example. And of course, that's not very realistic. There are some people who just struggle more with maybe memorizing things short term or who might have maybe language problem or even like a, a learning problem with disability. Even someone who's just going through a tough time yeah. at the moment. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's it's something that I feel like has a lot of consequences in the long run for people because... Big consequences. Yeah. Like in the third year in Catholica, the exchange program completely depends on grades. No, yeah. no CV, no yeah. questions, just pure grades. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so it's, it's definitely like, I feel like it should start early where we try not to link our worth to our productivity and the outcome. Something, late stage capitalism, like the further we get into capitalism, the more like doom-like it gets. Hmm. I don't think we're at a stage where we could transition into any other kind of socio-economic system, but just to make capitalism more sustainable, it's important to focus on the human aspect of things and to help people not link their value to productivity because the the worse it gets, the more like society is going to implode eventually. And I'm sure there are like benefits to capitalism. I don't know them because I just I'm not very like well knowledge on that topic. But I feel like if we don't make the best out of those benefits, and if we don't like you were saying, if we don't aim to be more sustainable in the current system that we live under, it will it will have like bad boom. Yeah, it will be a kaboom, people. Um, but yeah, again to the question, like another way to incorporate art would be, for example, you mentioned it a bit, but like. Like just artwork around, you know, like yeah. personalizing the mm-hmm. the workspace to the company, and even murals. I saw like I read a, a paper that was saying that participatory murals, so where the employees can take part in mm-hmm. painting the mural, That's can be nice. can can boost yeah. morale. It can be very like just a creative mm-hmm. and team building activity. I can see that being like super bonding. 
Exactly, yeah. and then and then it, it also it's something that you can display at the end of the day in your company. That yeah. is is nice to see when you walk in every day and you see, mm-hmm. you know, I I'm, I am part of a team. Yeah. Plus, if you have like new employees. Exactly, like, I can maybe add to it, yeah. or, or it, it can like just nice show. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. it can show that they value the human side. Exactly, it's yeah. like a visual cue that the yeah. company also cares about. These are all the people of behind the entire yes. that it's not just a building, but the people fill exactly. the building. Exactly. That's what makes it what it is. Um, and so we talked a bit about it, I think, like losing morale with the murals and everything, but what other benefits do you see in incorporating art and business? Or should the two like stay mostly separate? You know, you enjoy like art when you're at home and you enjoy business side when you're at your office like do you think there are benefits in mixing both um <laughs> i think yeah i think that that we should mix both like a little bit more because for example uh for uh universities like business universities i see that when we talk about entrepreneurship startup companies business in general we always think of the the one company like where you stay in the office and everything um and you're probably working with numbers in the computer mm-hmm. and i don't see like people talking about like business with for example performative arts or yeah. any other type of arts and it's so important that in the universities we talk about these things because you're talking to people that probably don't know what they're going to do with this degree and it could give them like a broader perspective yeah, on yeah. business uh, and more choice available because then people like get in these boxes and we kind of like end up thinking the same way if we don't look for other ways exactly. to apply our knowledge like, like I can only mm-hmm. be a consultant I can only be an investor yeah that is the only example that I hear for example when yeah. teachers yeah. Are, uh, when professors are, are like talking about us in the future uh-huh. if you want to be a consultant, consultant. Or, <laughs> or an investment banker yeah and I'm just like Exactly, yeah. it's so broad. But right yeah. now, like I've only encountered maybe two or three job terms in mm-hmm. within within Catholica. Yeah, which is unfortunate because I don't seem, I don't think I like any of those. So whenever exactly. I keep on hearing them, I'm just like, oh, okay. Especially when when people like I, for example, I don't know what I want to do in five years. Yeah. So it really shapes us to believe, okay, exactly. this is what I'm gonna have to do in five years. Yeah. It's gonna be a corporate office job when business like, and we're learning the basis of business, exactly. so it can be applied anywhere. Really, mm-hmm. that's so very true. Yeah, yeah. It maybe it's something we can talk to our professors <laughs> about. Just be like, hey, maybe include examples that yeah. aren't consulting. <laughs> So in our organizational behavior course, we were talking about incentives, like monetary incentives for doing things. And we actually came to the conclusion that in the more industrial times where it was more assembly, like assembly, what's it called? Assembly line. Oh, assembly yeah, line yeah. work incentives worked amazing because it was a very straightforward task you take the thing you hammer it next take the thing hammer it again next yeah. so in that case uh, financial incentives and stuff like that you can slow down sorry <laughs> they uh, they work really well but in the modern day incentives are actually counterproductive because work is not just task repeat task repeat it's more problem solving creativity flexibility based yeah, yeah. and the, like task repeat has been Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think back in those times, in the assembly line times, 
separating art and business actually makes a lot of sense because humans are essentially robots yeah. mm-hmm. robots don't need art ro- yeah. ro- robots need energy <laughs> and which at that time humans were food but now it's not that anymore it's a lot more flexible and since we're focusing on the human side of things art has got to be incorporated because it's just like the incentive thing it doesn't work anymore yeah yeah so like it, we as humans would kind of feed us the thing that gives us energy nowadays also food of course mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's also the the more creative side of ourselves exactly. yeah, exactly. yeah i i agree yeah and um i think like related to that but i think that it also like in coming coming back to what we first mentioned about like the left and right side of the brain it helps us like train both sides because yeah. the the work that we have to do now that robots can't do for us is the problem solving right mm-hmm. so the analytical the left side yeah. but then to get that energy to get that motivation that extra boost of morale yeah. we also need the right side the more creative the exactly. one that speaks more to us as individuals yeah. Yeah. so i think it's yeah i think it will be very beneficial for companies to consider like if it, even if you're just thinking of it in terms of value just of course training your entire brain is more valuable you know yeah. if like I, I if you need to break it down into that like yeah of course using both sides of your brain will create more value to you as a company yeah it's called like human resource development not repetitive task development yeah, yeah. for a reason yeah and i mean maybe this is a more like subtle benefit but because we also mentioned having like artworks and everything mm-hmm. it can also really help in an office to distinguish the different like parts for i don't know how to explain this very well but when it's one room and there are maybe like 20 desks mm-hmm. to know which one is where like in what part is this yeah, yeah, yeah. corner for yeah, like, like landmarks yeah yeah exactly like the landmarks so it can help like really just guide the eye yeah. through like the maze of desks exactly. and it can again like highlight for example what this corner is about and if it can even be done by other like employees it's even more personal you know like yeah. the employees showing what we do in a creative way and in a quick way for like mm-hmm. just to brighten up the space as well yeah. Yeah. so yeah and and even for example if you think companies there for example like multicultural right so mm-hmm. who take inspiration from different cultures or really focus on that aspect they can have for example like decoration from different cultures in the office to showcase that Yeah, I agree. It, it will feel a lot less alienating, especially for the yeah. minority cultures, because yeah. living in a certain culture dominantly, you just don't see yourself in anything around you. Yeah. And so, if you see that, if you see that in your workspace, it will be so much. It will feel so fulfilling. Yeah, it feels welcoming and like accommodating. Yeah, and, exactly. And it's also like a non-verbal way to communicate acceptance. Yeah, acceptance yeah. and. what your company is about and the values it has and the respect it has for its workers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so that in itself again if you really want to think about it in a corporate way that creates value because yeah. because employees like feeling yeah. acknowledged and seen and welcomed. Exactly. So yeah, I would say that concludes the questions that I had for you. Thank you very much for your time. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> Thank you for being so open and for discussing this topic with me. And do you have any question that you would like to leave? We ended up thinking for the next guest, how can you train your creative side in today's society? So, what can you personally do 
to boost your own right side. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was it. Thank you very much for Thank tuning you. in. <laughs> Thank you, Equality Club. <laughs> You're very welcome. And this has been the second episode for the Together for Equality podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Feel free to reach out to us on social media accounts. You can find us under the name Equality in Business on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Looking forward to talking to you in two weeks.